السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وسارعوا إلى مغفرة من ربكم وجنة عرضها السماوات والأرض عدة للمتقين وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئا ولو أن تلقى أخاك بوجه تلقى كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Most honorable ulama ikram, beloved brothers and elders All praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Our creator, our sustainer, our cherisher, our nourisher Peace and salutations be upon our noble master Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as we come out of the month of Ramadan which has just completed a few weeks back and now the Muslim Ummah waits anxiously for the days of Hajj may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all those who will be performing Hajj and it is our dua that Allah wa ta'ala take every one of us over and over to the Baytullah if we analyze this beautiful journey of Hajj then there's many great things that we can take and great lessons that can we may not physically be there, but even if we are here, wherever we are, and wherever we may be in the world, inshallah, we can use it as a means of uplifting and making ourselves better people, better human beings, giving us an opportunity to become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in essence, our entire living and our dying is so that we can live a life which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is an effort that has to be prevalent in the life of every one of us. And every day when Allah gives us tawfiq to open our eyes, then we should try and aspire to spend that day in a manner in which would be pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are weak undoubtedly. May Allah ta'ala give us the strength to become good Muslims. May Allah give us the strength to live a life which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ta'ayat-i karima which we recited in a khutbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very lovingly Quran Kareem is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It's the words of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala <clears throat> Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu He used to say a very beautiful statement He used to say to this effect We hear from the ulama That when I wish to speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then I perform salah And when I wish for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to speak to me Then I recite the Quran Every letter of Qur'an we have to regard it as a direct message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to me. And every letter of Qur'an is nur when we recite the Qur'an that, Oh Allah, let the nur of Qur'an penetrate my heart. So this beautiful verse of Qur'an, Allah ta'ala so lovingly explains to us that hasten, سَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةِ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ Hasten towards the forgiveness of your Rabb and hasten towards this Jannah which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for you. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us in the hadith, a very beautiful hadith, famous hadith, which we have heard many, many times. But rest assured, you will find no speech more profound than the words of Allah and Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is such that throughout every era, 
no matter which error you take, when you look at the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi they will most definitely have an impact on the hearts, not only on the hearts, but it will have an impact on society, and the words of Rasulullah sallallahu will always be relevant. Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu's narration, famous hadith, he said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to us, اِغْتَنِمْ خَمْسًا قَبْلَ خَمْسٍ That look after five things before five. Look after five things before five. Now this is the hikmah and the wisdom of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, look after your youth before you reach old age. Why? What a person can do when he is young, as he gets older, it becomes more difficult for him. Rasulullah said that take care of your health before you become sick. When a person is ill and he has complications, etc., then that which he could do while he was in a good condition, he is unable to do it. Rasulullah said that whilst Allah has made you independent, whilst Allah Ta'ala has given you wealth, then look after that condition before you reach a point that now you have nothing. You reach a stage, there is, you don't have anything. Now your life becomes much more difficult. And Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam said, if Allah Ta'ala has given you time, you have free time on your hands, where you can do things, you can do good things, you can do beneficial things for yourself, look after that time of your life before you reach such a stage that now you just don't have no time for anything. And in essence, so beautifully, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ends this hadith. He says, look after your life before your death comes to you. Meaning every moment that Allah Ta'ala has given us, understand it to be valuable and make it valuable. Because life is such that one ah that comes out of our mouth, that second that passed, you'll never ever get it back. Irrespective of the level that technology may reach, irrespective of where man may think he's going to go. But there'll never be a situation where you can go back in time. That's not possible. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it. That which Allah has given us that time, we have to make it valuable. So, we want to mention a few things that we can get and take some beautiful lessons from the lives of the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Especially with regards to the season of hajj. Hajj is such a journey that every aspect of this journey is beloved to the hearts of the believers. We're not going to speak about the actual Hajj of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But in essence, we're going to speak of few incidents that happened at Mina and the lessons that we can take from it. But before I go there, just to, for us to appreciate the dua of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa salam, Allah makes mention of it in the 13th juz. Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa made a very special dua for the Baytullah. And he made a dua that, Oh Allah, turn the hearts of the people. Let there be special love in essence. This dua meant that, Oh Allah, put love in the hearts of the people for the Baytullah. And this journey of Hajj is such a journey that it is such a special, unique journey to every person. That every person who undertook this journey, sometimes you may speak to a person who undertook this journey maybe 50 years ago or 60 years ago, before the advent of air travel, etc. You'll speak to an elderly person and he'll tell you, you know, Marana, back in the day we used to go for four months and five months at a time. We used to leave from Ramadan. And then he'll tell you, you know what, it used to cost us 5,000 rand or 4,000 rand. And just put your head down because we know the cost of Hajj today. But nevertheless, it is such a journey when you ask the person to tell you and he'll tell you his story, that first journey that the person made when he went to the Baytullah, 
Sometimes it may have been difficulty as we say, four months on the sea, or some complication, or whatever it may have been. And when he relates his entire story to you, and he tells you the challenges he had, and whatever have you, and you ask that person quietly when he finishes everything, you tell him, will you change, will you exchange anything? If somebody has to tell you, I'll give you unpaid, or whatever the cost is, at my expense, but forget about that one, do it all over again, a new one. He'll say, Morana, I'm not prepared to give up that first opportunity that I had to see the Baytullah. And the first time that Allah Ta'ala took me there, and that experience, that emotion that he shared with his creator, when he took the name of Allah, some people stand in front of the Baytullah and tears come down. Other people are standing in front of the Baytullah and they can't say anything, the mouth becomes dry. But every person's experience is absolutely unique. And that moment when the person lifts his hands and he talks to his Allah, that unique moment and that special uh, love that he shared with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is unique and exclusive to every person. So it is such a place which is brimming with the hidayat and it is brimming with the nur and it is brimming with the greatness and the bounties and the favors of Allah wa ta'ala upon his creation. May Allah wa ta'ala take us all over and over to the Baytullah. And whoever has been accepted for Hajj this year, may Allah Ta'ala make them, bless them with Hajjam Mabrura. May Allah Ta'ala make it easy for every person. So going back to the early days of Islam, it was the habit of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would go when the occasion of Hajj would take place. Now we're speaking of even pre-Islamic era, the different pagan Arab tribes etc. would come to the Baytullah and they would perform Hajj. Obviously not the Hajj, which was uh, in the sharia of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But from the time of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, people would come and they would visit the Baytullah, etc. Now, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa would go to Mina and he would meet the different groups of people that would be seated there in Mina and he would invite them towards Islam. And the point that I want to draw to this is based on this verse of Quran which we recited. Allah Ta'ala tells us, hasten towards doing good. In essence, don't delay. When there is an opportunity to please our Creator, don't procrastinate. Because amongst the things that would set us back in life, in every department of life, not only in our relationship with our Creator, but in every single aspect of our life, is when a person procrastinates. When there is an opportunity to do good, and we don't jump at that opportunity. Quran tells us, and we see from the lives of the great companions of Rasulullah Sallam as well, as I'm going to mention this incident to you, when the opportunity presents itself for us to do good, then we have to grab it. Because if we lose that opportunity, the consequences can be very dire. And on the other hand, if we grab that opportunity, then today, because of the efforts of Rasulullah wasallam and those that took the message from him in Mina, you can say that we are direct result of it. So Rasulullah would go in Mina, and he would invite the people towards Islam. He would go to the different groups, he would go to the different tribes, etc. So there's two people, two particular incidents that I'm going to mention. And we can draw the parallels and we can see those who accepted the message very quickly where they reached and what was the end result of the other group of people. <clears throat> so there were six people that came from Medina Munawwara. There were six people that came from Medina Munawwara initially. Asad bin Zurara radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Awf bin Malik, Rafi bin Harith, Uqba bin Amir, Utba bin Amir, and Jabir bin Abdullah. Probably we won't even remember these names. But these six people sitting in Mina, Rasulullah Sallallahu comes to them, and he gives them the Dawat of Islam. He invites them towards the beautiful deen of Islam. He recites Quran to them, 
And when they listen and they hear the speech of Rasulullah sallallahu they are moved. They are taken into another world. And they immediately recognize that the message of Rasulullah sallallahu is most definitely divine. That this is definitely a man who has been sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they on the spot, they accept the shahada. And they go one step further as well. They say to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that we have heard your message and we are so moved by what you have told us. We invite you and we want you to come back with us to Madinah Munawwara. Come with us to Madinah Munawwara. We will give you security. We will look after you. We will protect you. And use Madinah Munawwara as the place from where your deen of Islam will spread. Obviously Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as Quran tells us that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa never did or said anything out of his own accord. Rasulullah s.a.w. would only act if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would send wahi to him. So Nabi s.a.w. heard them out and Nabi s.a.w. was very happy that they accepted the message and Nabi s.a.w. didn't accept their invitation on the spot immediately. He said, okay, we'll deliberate and we'll think over the matter. The next year they come again. Twelve of them come and again they present themselves to Rasulullah s.a.w. This was their enthusiasm. They never delayed the moment they heard the beautiful message of Rasulullah sallallahu they accepted it. And now they come with a delegation of 12 people. And they don't just stop there, they say that we're inviting you to come back to with us to Madinah Munawwara. Nabi sallallahu tells them, look, I won't come now. Nabi sallallahu sends Hazrat Musa bin Umayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Abdullah bin Ummi Maktoum radiallahu ta'ala Two of them go. And for one year, they spend time with the people of Madinah Munawwara, inviting them towards Islam. Now there was another group of people in and around the same time they were a tribe which belonged to the Banu Abs tribe. And amongst the people from this Banu Abs tribe, there was a companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa by the name of Maysara bin Masruq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So Nabi sallallahu comes to this tribe and he invites them towards Islam. And their initial reaction to Rasulullah sallallahu was a very hostile one. Brothers, we have to appreciate the efforts of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Just to digress a little bit. It is mentioned that when Nabi ﷺ would go to the people and he would, invite, he would invite them towards Islam, many narrations, one narrator puts it like this, he says that we would see Rasulullah ﷺ going to the people in the heat of the Meccan sky, and we know how hot Makkah can get, and Nabi ﷺ would be inviting the people towards Islam, وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ تَفَلَ فِي وَجْهِهِ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ حَثَّهُ التَّرَابِ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ سَبَّهُ There were some that would spit at the blessed face of Rasulullah ﷺ. There were some that would swear Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There were some that would have the courage to pick up sand and throw it at the blessed face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Nabi alayhi salatu wa would continue in this way, going to the different people, inviting them. It wasn't something which was very, very easy. It was a very difficult challenge to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But he taught us the lesson of perseverance. Nabi alayhi salatu wa persevered and he would go over and over. So these people here, the Banu Abs tribe, the narrator of this Hadith he mentions that the initial reaction to Rasulullah was a very very hostile relationship. A very very hostile manner in which they spoke to Nabi Wasallam. So they said to Rasulullah why are you coming to us? You are coming over, you were here last year, you are coming again. But there was one person in this entire tribe who caught the attention of Rasulullah He was a young person, Maysara bin Masrook. So he gives his own, uh, his own narration, he says, When Nabi Sallallahu spoke to me, and Nabi Sallallahu recited Qur'an to me, for me this was the most beautiful thing in my entire life that I ever heard. 
And he expressed to Rasulullah and he said, that ma ahsan, how beautiful is your speech. Ma anwar, and I, I see a nur, and I see a light that is emanating from your words and your speech. I have not, I have not seen or heard any speech more eloquent and more beautiful than the speech that you have presented to me today. So when Nabi Sassam heard him, and Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam sees that this person is showing some enthusiasm and is attentive, Nabi Sassam got very, very happy. But lo and behold, so to say, you know, they created this happiness in the heart of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but then they dropped Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam. Because when he went back to his people and he said to them, listen, I see that the speech of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I see light in it. And I, and I can tell you, he's telling his people, that the speech of this man is going to be such that it's going to reach the whole world. And everyone is going to be affected by what he is saying. I think we should be the first to react. And I think we should not just accept his message, but I think we should be the ones to invite him to come back with us and give him a place of security. Let's take him back with us. Let's give him a place. Let's look after him. Let's give him protection. And hopefully we can be the ones that will be a means of this deen and this religion to spread. But the people of his tribe, they turned him down. So he comes back to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he says, Listen, my desire is to accept your message. My desire is to take you back with us. But unfortunately, my people and I, we're not on the same page. They, they're refusing to accept, they're turning me down. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam understood, but obviously dejected. Now this person's enthusiasm was such, when they're leaving Makkah, Mukarramah, he said, listen, we're going back and en route to our place. We have to pass the Jewish scholars that were in the Khaybar area, etc. Let us go back to them. Let's discuss this matter with them. Let's see what's their opinion on the matter. So they come to, this, to the Jewish scholars and they present their case. They say, listen, we were in Makkah and we heard the advice or we heard the invitation of a person by the name of Muhammad. What should we do? So the Jewish scholars advise them and they say to them, listen, first they give a description. From the Torah, they read and they give a description. And they say that if the person you met was a man who was unlettered, meaning he wouldn't read and write, he would be riding a she-camel, and at times Nabi Sallallahu was riding on a she-camel. And then they beautifully describe the beautiful face of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The beautiful eyes of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. The beautiful complexion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They, des- they describe the speech of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the Banu Abstrib, they confirm all of this. They say this is the exact description of the man that we met in Makkah Mukarramah. So the scholars say to them, listen, if this is the man you met, then don't delay, go back and accept his message. Because we will only reject his message out of jealousy. If it was not for our jealousy, and for that factor, we also would have accepted his message. We know he's upon the truth, we know he's upon haq, we're not going to accept his message. And they go one step further and they say, listen, the entire world is going to accept his message. And whoever will accept his message, they will be saved. And whoever will reject his message, they will be destroyed. Go back and accept his message. So Maysara says, I said to my people again, let's go back. We heard now from the scholars, we can't delay any longer. Let's go back and let's accept the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So the scholars say to them, listen, or rather his people of his tribe, they tell him, look, leave it now, we're en route, we'll go home 
and we'll come back for Hajj next year, and we'll meet with him next year, and inshallah next year, whatever it is, next year we'll meet with him, and we will accept his message. So they delayed once again, and it was the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the next year comes along, and the area where they were living, the king of the time, or the, the leader of that area, he put a ban, he put a restriction. And he said, listen, nobody is allowed to go to Makkah Mukarramah. You know, probably, on a, just to digress a little bit, if you heard something like that a few years back, it wouldn't have made sense to us. What you mean is a ban, nobody can go. But we all experienced it in the last few years, we know what happened in the whole world. So similarly, he put something and he said, listen, you people can't go. And there was restriction and nobody went. Many, many years later, so this happened probably in the 11th or 12th year of Nubuat, Nabi Sassim then goes to Medina Munawwara, he accepts the invitation of those people who accepted his message quickly and invited him. And 10 years pass in Medina Munawwara. And now it's the occasion of the Hajj, the final Hajj of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Hajjatul Wada of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam meets with Maysara. You remember this name of this companion? Maysara bin Masruq. So he meets with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he expresses and he says, O Nabi of Allah, do you remember me? Do you remember me? So Nabi sallallahu says, yes, I remember you. You are so and so and you are from the Banu Abs tribe. Nabi sallallahu tells me exactly from which tribe he is as well. So then he poses a question to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He says, O Nabi of Allah, I met you so many years back and I was very enthusiastic when I heard your message and there was a group of people that, that were with me. We reached a situation now that every person that traveled with me on that occasion, every one of them have passed away. Every one of them have left this world. I'm the only person that is alive. I accept the shahada. He recites the shahada in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Then he asks the question and he says, O Nabi of Allah, what will be the condition of those people? Rasulullah sallallahu comforts him and he says to him, listen, you accepted the shahada, but Allah's system is such, every person who passes away in a condition that he doesn't have iman, for him everlasting jahannam, there will be no forgiveness for him because he passed away in a condition that he doesn't have iman. And the narration says that Maysara doesn't just become a Muslim, but he becomes a very very good Muslim, and he becomes an asset to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this essence, that in the khilafat of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala took a lot of work from him, and he was a great uh, contributor towards the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this was the unfortunate situation of these people. The, the opportunity presented itself to them, and they chose to delay. They, they chose to procrastinate. And procrastination got them to such that they were completely deprived. And on the other hand, there were those six companions that came. They heard the message. They immediately accepted. They gave the invitation. And today, Medina Munawwara is in the heart of every believer. Allah made it that the deen of Islam spread from Medina Munawwara. And every person yearns to go to Medina Munawwara. And their contribution was such that that one sahabi by the name of Asad bin Zurara radiallahu ta'ala he was amongst the very first people, uh, not just to accept the message, but he also was amongst those who were amongst the first people to help in the establishment of many, many great establishments of our deen. Because when Rasulullah went to Medina Munawwara, then they put themselves forward. And the Ansar of Medina Munawwara, they were so enthusiastic, that eventually on their enthusiasm, 
And eventually on their hastening towards doing good, they reach such a position in their life that Rasulullah would make statements to this effect and say that whoever loves the Ansar, he loves me. That on the occasion of Fatih Makkah, when Makkah was conquered, it is mentioned that the Ansar of Marina Munawara, these were the people who asked Nabi Ali Salatun to come with them. They gave the invitation, they gave their place, they gave their homes, they gave their businesses, they opened their entire hearts to the Muslims. So when Nabi Salatun conquered Makkah Mukarrama, he seen and he noticed some dejection on the face of the Ansar. One narration mentions that they all went to one side, and Nabi Salatun seen that they're looking very sad and they're looking very worried. So Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam goes to the Ansar, and he approaches them and he asks him, he says, listen, I notice and I can see that there is dejection on your faces. What is the problem? What is the concern? Look at their enthusiasm. Look at their hastening to do good. And their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah sallallahu They say to Nabi sallallahu wasallam that we have only one worry and one concern. One single worry and one single concern we have. And that is now that uh, Makkah has been conquered. Now that the Muslims have returned and they can come and go freely when they, when they like to Makkah Mukarramah, our worry, our fear and our concern is this, that you should not leave us, leave Medina Munawwara and come now to stay in Makkah Mukarramah. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reassures them. He says, don't worry, O Ansar, wherever you go, wherever the Ansar go, I will be there. Whichever valley they cross, I will be in that valley. I will live and I will die with the Ansar of Medina Munawwara. So we find that this was the way of the Ansar of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That they were there when the opportunity uh, came, when there was an opportunity to do good, they put themselves forward, they didn't delay in matters. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took a lot of work from them. This is a great lesson that we can take as well. That in our life, whenever the opportunity arises for us to do good things, then we should be in the forefront of doing good. Don't delay. Actually Nabi sallallahu told us in the hadith, he said, don't regard any good deed as insignificant. Even if it means meeting your Muslim brother with a smiling face. Do good, aspire to do good. Be in the forefront of all that is good. And we will reach heights, we will reach very very far places. I will end on this point or this incident from the Ansar. What level they reached and the intelligence that they had when it came to doing matters and hastening towards making right decisions, hastening to do good things, being in the forefront of doing good. On one occasion, they made a discussion or they had a discussion amongst themselves. They said that we need to approach Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and ask him for an irrigation system. We need to ask Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa to assist us with an irrigation system. So they come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and as they're approaching Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa stands up and he welcomes them. He says, Marhaban bil ansar. Marhaban bil ansar. Welcome O my ansar. Welcome O my ansar. And the leader of the Ansar was Sa'ad bin Mu'az radiallahu ta'ala anhu. When he left this world, prior to him leaving this world, he was ill, he was sick. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi made a hospital room, if you want to call it, or a ward for him in the masjid. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi after salah, Sahaba say he would hasten to go and visit him. And on one occasion, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said to him, he said, Jazakallahu khayran, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you abundantly. And he said that you people have fulfilled the covenant that you made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of protecting me, in terms of helping the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi thanked him. So yeah, he's coming with his people and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is welcoming them that marhaban bil ansar, marhaban bil ansar. 
Then Nabi Sasa made a statement. They were coming to get some irrigation system put in place for them, etc. Nabi Sasa said, Welcome to the Ansar. And today, whatever the Ansar are going to ask me for, I'm going to give it to them. And I'm going to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah ta'ala fulfill whatever need the Ansar has. Whatever need the Ansar of Medina put forward today, Allah ta'ala must fulfill it. And whatever they ask of me, I'm going to give it. He stops them in their tracks. He says, listen, we have to be very, very intelligent of what we ask. Here we're going to ask for an irrigation system and look at the offer on the table from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is an opportunity that we cannot miss. This is an opportunity that we can never allow to slip from our hands. So they change their whole intention. Whatever they intended to ask, they then come forward and they say, O oh, Nabi of Allah, we came to ask you to ask Allah to forgive us. We came to ask you to ask Allah to forgive the Ansar. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the most beloved of Allah's creation sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the greatest of Allah's creation sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, lifts his hands. Allahumma lil Ansar. Wali abna'il ansar, wali abna'il abna'il ansar, wali jiranil ansar. Allah forgive the ansar, forgive the children of ansar, forgive the grandchildren of ansar, forgive the neighbors of ansar. This was the intelligence and the hastening towards not missing an opportunity to do good and be of good from the ansar of Medina Munawara. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us that we also seize every opportunity to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah keep us in this world and take us in a condition that Allah is pleased with us.